This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. I'm glad you're here. We have a beautiful angel story coming up. I met Cynthia at our latest Shine On retreat that we held recently at Marion in Ossining. And in one of the last circles that we had at the retreat, I must have mentioned that we've been sharing angel stories and things like that. And Cynthia reached out that she had a beautiful story about an unmistakable sign that she feels she found after her mother's passing. I mean, the chances that you would find this particular thing in this particular place, pretty overwhelming. And I'm very happy to be sharing that story coming up in just a few minutes. But first, I would like you to meet a young millionaire. Her name is Chloe Elise, and she wants to educate everyone, but especially young people, how to invest money, and how to get out of debt. She did it, and she's sharing all her secrets in the book Deeper Than Money. This book is for the person that has felt like they don't belong in the finance industry. Maybe someone who is has never picked up a finance book before, or maybe has, but has felt like there's so much jargon and, and it's so confusing. This book is really for someone who wants to sit down and make money feel good and heal that shame that so often comes up with us when we talk about finances. And it's really about getting ahead with money in a way that matters and in a way that honors that, you know, life is short and you get to enjoy it while you're also getting ahead with money. Talk to me about the shame part. Yeah, absolutely. So money is historically talked, thought of as something you shouldn't talk about. It is something to keep private, something that you shouldn't talk about at work and you shouldn't talk about at school. And we don't have comprehensively in school. And so because of that, because we can't talk about it, and it's rude to talk about it or it's tacky or whatever else, that leaves the only place for us to learn about money at home, in our homes. But if you grew up in a home where the people in your home also didn't know how to get ahead with money, how are you supposed to learn? So there's so much shame in a conversation with money and so much of mainstream financial literacy advice is shame-based. It's If you're not getting ahead with money, it's because you're not trying hard enough. You're not sacrificing, going out to eat. You're not doing this. You're not working extra hours. Like you're just not trying hard enough. And that leaves out so many pieces of this holistic conversation about money and what it means to get ahead. And that's what this book is is really all about. It's about identifying those pieces of shame so we can get rid of them and have a real conversation about money that addresses what finances look like holistically in our lives and how we can get ahead with money in a way that aligns with what we want and our goals and all of our big dreams. What were the things in your household that were right that helped you understand money? Oh, for sure. Well, I grew up in a small town in Iowa, and one of the biggest things that was instilled in me from an early age is working really hard and really understanding the value of a dollar. Um, My parents were both really hardworking and from an early age taught me, hey, if you want to go to the movies, 
then you need to go and babysit or you need to go and teach swimming lessons or whatever it was in order to learn how to work hard for money. And so that was something that I'm so proud that I have. I'm, I'm so, I've definitely like hustled all my life and I loved learning that. And I, again, knew from a very young age how to make money because my parents taught me how to work hard, how to get jobs, how to figure it out. But I didn't learn how to keep money. I didn't learn how to save money. I didn't learn how to make my money work hard for me. And those were the pieces that kept me in the cycle of working really hard but having nothing to show for it and then working harder and still having nothing to show for it. And so I was so confused because hard work alone can't get you out of it can't fix all of the the different things of not understanding financial literacy or not knowing how to make my money work for me how did you get in debt thirty six thousand dollars so a lot of it was student loans i also had a car loan and for me i was 17 years old and i i had the privilege of my mentality being oh, I should just go to college because that's what people did around me. That's what my parents did. And again, I'm so privileged that that was like my reality of like, oh, that's just what you do. And I just had heard, oh, in order to do that, you take out debt. And so I said, okay, I didn't understand debt. I didn't know how much debt I was getting into. I just signed the papers that I needed to sign in order to go to the school I wanted to. And so, again, a lot of that was student loans that I signed my life away on that piece of paper when I was 17, had no clue what it was or what that meant. And that's the reality for so many people is that they're in debt before they even understand what that means. Oh my God, I just want to sit down and cry for a minute because I know so many (laughs) people who are in this situation. So then you find out, all right, I got all this debt. Then what happened? Then I was constantly stuck in the same cycle. I was so stressed about money. My card was constantly declining. Even though I was working really hard and bringing in money, I had no way of managing it. I didn't know how to. And I also, again, growing up in small town Midwest, I was told it's rude to talk about money. And so I didn't talk to anybody about it. I didn't ask anyone about it. And it wasn't taught to me in school. And so it was this complete shame spiral in my head of I'm stressed about money, but I'm not going to tell anyone. And then I'm going to work hard and make money. And then I'm going to have my account overdraft. And then I'm going to have a complete meltdown. And then I'm going to work harder. And it was the same cycle. And I finally had this breakdown moment. I was like 19 years old. I was going through a breakup. You know, as one does, you have that one breakup, that puppy love breakup that just rocks you. And I was like, something has to change. I'm so miserable. I, it felt like rock bottom at the time. And I was like, I'm going to choose something and I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to do one thing that's going to impact my life. And the one thing that I wrote down in my journal was I'm going to figure out money. And so I just went on this rampage of, I went to, I was in college. I went to the library. I checked out all the finance books. I started Googling how to get ahead with money, tried listening to podcasts and the literacy that I found was so shame-based. It was so like, just try harder. Don't go on the inside of a restaurant. And I was like, but I'm, you know, I'm 20. I'm 20 years old. I want to have fun with my friends. This is my last year of college. And so I felt so torn between I want to get ahead with money and I want to figure this stuff out, but also I want to enjoy my last year of college. And there was no financial literacy advice that 
showed me at, at, at that time of, hey, here's how you can still enjoy your life right now, but also here's how you can make money moves while you're doing it. And this book is that resource that I wish I would have had at that time. And I basically have created that I, I wish I could just send back in time to my 19-year-old self and it just would have felt like the the thing that I so desperately was searching for at that time. All right. So it says here, we're talking to Chloe Elise, how I went from broke girl to millionaire without giving up my lifestyle. Deeper than money is the book. Broke girl to millionaire. I read that and I say, Chloe, I don't believe you. Are you a millionaire? <laughs> yes. Yep. I officially hit my goal of becoming a millionaire a couple of months ago. How? What do you do? Yeah, well, the biggest thing is, again, what I talk about in this book, which is the foundation of personal finance. It started, like, even though this has recently come, um, my goal has been recently hit, this journey of becoming a millionaire started when I was broke. It started back then of the basics of learning what my credit score was and how I could raise it. It started by understanding what investing is and how I can open those accounts. It started by paying off my debt and understanding what debt is and what the fastest strategy is to pay it off. It started with understanding what an emergency fund is and why it's so important and what type of account to keep it in and all of these other pieces. That journey started then and those foundational pieces. And then I've just built off of that, again, heavily focusing on investing, on um, making sure I'm protecting my wealth and not just focusing on building wealth and all of those things. So often the barrier to getting started, you know, somebody listening is like, well, I want to be a millionaire. I want to start investing. But then they're like, but I don't actually know how to do it. And I don't know who to talk to. And I don't know where to start. And I don't know what accounts to open. And it's like, that's where it begins. That's where it begins. But you have to feel welcome into the conversation. And that's what the whole point of this book is, is, hey, let's talk about this. You're welcome. You have a seat at this table to talk about money. You get to be someone who gets ahead with money. And, and here's where to start. And that's exactly what this book is. What was your first investment and how much did you invest? Um, oh, my gosh. My first investment was probably at my first corporate job into my company's 401k. And when I first got a corporate job and invested, um, that I remember getting that email of signing up for a 401k. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I Googled, what is a 401k? I had no clue. Um, I, I didn't know it was a retirement plan option that my employer was offering. I didn't know what signing up for it meant. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know where that money came from. I didn't know what a tax break was, any of that. And so, again, it all comes down to financial literacy. And again, with that, with that investment, with that being my first investment, I started so small. I was putting in 1% of my paycheck. I was putting in 2% of my paycheck. And I just slowly worked up to investing more and more as I was able to. Terrific. All right. Talk to the people right now who are in debt. What do you want them to do? Oh, my gosh. Um, the biggest thing is to take a deep breath. There's so much shame and it feels so scary and it can feel like such a burden to have debt. But the biggest thing to understand is that you are not your debt. Debt is not bad. 
Um, having debt does not mean that you're screwed and you're never going to get ahead with money. There absolutely is, is hope in getting ahead with money. Like that is just where you are. It's not determining where you're going to go. And I think so often when it comes to that question of like, what is the person, where does the person need to start who has debt? That person is so often sitting there or, you know, listening or watching or whatever it may be and thinking, I need to do this and I need to do this and I need to do this and I'm going to take me so long and how am I going to do this? And and the, I would say that the biggest thing they need to do is just take a deep breath and remember that, like, it's okay and they're going to get ahead and they're going, they need to believe that in order to take that first step because it can feel so overwhelming with when you're staring at this mountain of debt that you have to tackle. And whether that's a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, it can feel so heavy no matter what. And so taking that stigma and that shame away from it and allowing yourself to say, okay, here's where I'm at and that's okay, but that doesn't determine where I'm going to go or what's possible for me, that is the first step. And then saying, okay, now that I'm in this neutral state, what's the first logistical step I want to take? Perfect. All right, Chloe Elise, where do people go to find more about you? Oh my gosh, well, Deeper Than Money, the book is officially out. You can get it anywhere books are sold. Um, You can order it online. You can go pick it up in stores. Um, And it is truly such an incredible resource. Uh, I am on any social media platform. Just search Deeper Than Money. And you can also go to deeperthanmoney.com for a ton of free resources. That's Chloe Elise, a very happy young millionaire. Her book is called Deeper Than Money. Hi, it's Casey. You're listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show. We have a retreat, a one-day retreat. It's called A Day of Quiet Reflection, and we're going to focus on gratitude. That's October 21st at Graymore in Garrison. Visit atonementfriars.org. And I just have to give a shout-out to Lisa Kay at Graymore, who's surprised me with the most beautiful statue of Mary. It came in the mail last night. When I was speaking at the recent Woman's Day at Graymore, I mentioned that when I was a little girl, I had a beautiful statue of Mary that was purchased for me there. And I kept it right all through college, I think. But it was a ceramic statue. And in time, she suffered one too many topples off the bureau and couldn't be glued together anymore. Well, Lisa, Lisa Kay, she caught that line. She caught that little that little fact that I was putting out there. And she took the time to go to the Graymore gift store and get me this beautiful statue and then mail it to my home. That was a beautiful surprise. So thank you, Lisa. It's wonderful to have that energy back in my home. And now I'd like to introduce you to Cynthia. We talk a lot about symbols and signs and how there's so much more to this beautiful life if we're open to seeing it. Here's Cynthia's story. It happened over 10 years ago. It's regarding my mom, and my mom was in a nursing home. I would say it was early March, and one of the things my mom and I used to like to do is look at the birds. We would admire the birds and look out the window and watch the birds at the bird feeders. And we looked outside the window on that particular day, and there was a large robin sitting on a tree branch. And he was clearly visible because... It hadn't, you know, leafed out yet, the tree. And he was rather plump. And my mom looked at him and said, he's a fat one. And we both had a giggle. And as she was shutting down her words, um, she spoke less and less. And she eventually became bedridden and she was in hospice. And 
we would hold hands, you know, after her speech left and then after her senses are declining. And she used to look at the corner of the room, kind of like at something. Anyway, by the end of March, she passed. You know, arrangements were made. Fast forward through her funeral and all of that. And she is buried at a Catholic cemetery. And one of the requirements at the Catholic cemetery is on the headstone, they want a religious emblem. And oftentimes they'll put in a cross, but the family, we just didn't feel that was appropriate. So my sister came up with the idea of a dove, and I um, pitched the idea to the, the cemetery board, and they said yes. Again, fast forward, and I get a phone call from the funeral home director and said, okay, you know, we placed the foundation, we placed the headstone, go take a look. And I was kind of, you know, preparing myself, gearing myself up to to see the headstone. And I, when I eventually got over there, what was lying on top of the headstone but a beautiful robin's egg shell, the casing. It was open, and it was just this amazing sign. I'm going, oh, my goodness, this is incredible. And rather than feeling dread, I felt like she was reborn. So fast forward a few months, I'm single, and uh, I had been separated for a while now from my spouse, and I wanted to re-enter the dating scene. The platform then, it was just a little a little frightening, actually. And my office has a large window, and each day, this robin would come to my window, bang on the window. This was not when the sun was on it. I first thought, it can't be seeing its reflection. It's grayed out. And I was worried about it. And I would talk to the bird. You're going to hurt yourself. What's wrong with you? Stop flying into the window. And I'd knock on the window. Kept up. This kept up every single day. One day, one of my um, staff was in my office. And I said, look at the bird. It's there again. And she turned to me and said, it's your mother. This time I walked over to the window and I said, is this what you've been trying to tell me all this time, that it's okay, that I can do this, that I can trust, I shouldn't be afraid, and go ahead and start to date again? And with that, the bird kind of fluffed up its feathers, gave me a look, and flew off, and I never saw it again. Wowza. And did you date? I did. I finally agreed to go out on a date where I met someone at a designated place. And it was okay. It was safe. He was he was genuine, and I was genuine. And you know, we only dated like once or twice. But I finally got the nerve to re-enter the dating scene. What do you make of all this? From the robin's egg on the gravestone to the to the robin tapping at your window. What do you make of it all? What I believe is that we are energy. We're composed of energy. That there is this life force within us, just like the scientists and the Buddhists say, energy cannot be destroyed nor created. I feel as though that energy goes somewhere, and where it goes to, I don't know. But in this case, I thought it manifested somehow in her wanting that desire to be free, to be free and soar and in a light, in a new way. I truly believe that she visited me on more than one occasion. My mom and I used to like the, um, it's an older band called the Ink Spots, and we would play their albums, and we used to sing, and there was one song in particular that was our song, and I believe it's called 
something like up a lazy river. And one evening I was preparing dinner and I'm listening to regular mainstream radio. And what song comes on the radio but that song? And it was so out of context for, um, in my opinion, for a radio station to play something, you know, kind of like an oldie song like that. I stopped what I was doing and I just turned the volume up and I sang out loud and I thought that they that they give you signs if you're I don't know open to it and I just believe that we do we we evolve into something else. That's Cynthia's beautiful story, and she feels like her mom is with her always. I'd love to hear about your story. Contact me from the website caseysplace.com. I mean, what are the chances of having a robin's egg open on the headstone as if to say, I am flying free? And I have heard stories of birds knocking on windows before, often a loved one giving you that little extra push to maybe fly out of the nest. Cynthia, thank you for sharing your story. Next week, we're going to talk to Dr. Jonathan DiPiero from the Mount Sinai Health System. He's a practitioner of CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And he's going to tell us how even as little as 14 sessions of CBT, it's like a different kind of therapy where you make a game plan and you also get homework. He says as little as 14 sessions can make a really big difference in people's mental health. So our topic next week is going to be what helps make people resilient positivity high on the list. Dr. DiPiero has hope. I think it's hard to give blanket advice, but one thing that I'll say through my experience working in clinical psychology and in a medical school is that there are new advancements all the time. Um, If you look at the news, there are new drugs being developed for treatment of depression, anxiety, and PTSD. In fact, we're developing many at Mount Sinai. There are new psychological treatments. There are new digital health treatments for these conditions where you can do something on your phone or computer without having to go see someone in person. So there is hope. I would not be in this business doing this thing if there wasn't hope for the recovery from even the most extreme of symptoms. Wow, even the most extreme of symptoms. I would also say that having a little bit of optimism can be really helpful. People who get bogged down in pessimism due to their personality or depression or anxiety and think that the problems that they're facing are permanent, are defining them as a person and affect their entire life, that way of thinking is really problematic because it's really demotivating. It doesn't encourage them to lean into the issue and see what they can do to address it. It makes them want to withdraw. So someone who's a little bit more optimistic, and I'm not talking about toxic positivity, someone who's a little bit more optimistic can see a problem as limited in time and be the areas where it's within their control to address or problem solve. That's Dr. Jonathan DiPiero from Mount Sinai. And I love how he says positivity is helpful, but not the toxic positivity. You know, the too blessed to be stressed people sort of bypassing how they actually feel. That's not as helpful as true optimism, being hopeful. And that's a muscle we can cultivate. And we'll talk about that next week. Our next free Zoom is Monday, September 18th at 6 p.m. Get the link at caseysplace.com. Our next retreat day is October 21st at Graymore. Again, same place, caseysplace.com. Oh, and we got the Demystics coming to town on November 1st. We'll talk about that next week, too.
Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. Our thought for the day is from Gabby Bernstein, who said, Stay open for signs from the universe and show up for the assignments that are brought to you. Have a great week. Shine On. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on. Shine On.